Richard's asked me to read this morning from 1 Thessalonians, and it's the whole chapter, but it's only a short one. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church at Thessal- <coughs> to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always thank God for all of you, making mention of you constantly in our prayers. We recall, in the presence of our God and Father, your work produced by faith, your labour motivated by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit. And with full assurance, you know how we lived among you for your benefit, and you yourselves became imitators of us and of the Lord, when in spite of severe persecution, you welcomed the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. As a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia, For the word of the Lord rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place that your faith in God has gone out. Therefore, we don't need to say anything, for they themselves report what kind of reception we had from you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Amen. Hey, so this morning we're thinking um, about a, a model life. We're thinking about a model life. And I've got three questions that we're going to explore together this morning. As we think of this idea of uh, the model that Paul uh, talks about and the, uh, the idea of imitating uh, Christians. And uh, the first question that I want to to pose to you this morning is, who do we model our lives on? Who do you and I model our lives on? Who is it that we look to? Who are are the people that inspire us? Who are the people that we want to be like? Who do we model our lives on? Another way of putting it is, you know, who, who is your role model? Who is your role model? I don't know whether when you were you grew, when you were growing up that you had people that you looked at and thought that's who I want to be like. Uh, that's who I want to be. Uh, I, I know I certainly did as I was growing up. And uh, um, for some people, of course, it's uh, it's their mum or dad, uh, or perhaps not, depending on uh, depending on the clothes that they wear. Uh, but for me, uh, as I grew up. Um, I grew up in, in, in the age of... Actually, I grew up when Manchester United weren't a great team, uh, but they still had this outstanding player that was just about there as I was growing up called George Best. And that's who I wanted to be like. I had a pair of George Best boots. And uh, every day when I came home from school, I would put my George Best boots on, go out into the garden... And uh, I really thought I was George Best. I had a Manchester United strip with his number on the back. And uh, as you can see, I I even had the arm. I'd even got the arm as as you went round the player. I'd even got the pose. I I modelled my life. I wanted to be 
uh, George Best. That's who I wanted to be. I had pictures of him on my wall and I had the shirt and the clothes. And that's who I wanted to be. As I got older, I'm afraid it only got worse. Um, as I got older, I, I got into to karate and I wanted to be Bruce Lee. I went to see the, the movies and uh, I went and learned the techniques. And yes, I, I wore the clothes. And uh, some of you may remember the nunchakus uh, from, from some years ago. Uh, and uh, I, I tried to be. And the thing is, when you, when you model your life on people, you, you try and imitate what they do. And you try almost become. And, and of course, it's not changed. It's just that the, the faces have changed and, and the people have changed. And uh, our young people uh, are kind of inundated with, with images of people who they would want, want to be like. Some of them are good and some of them are, uh, are perhaps not so good. And of course, it, as, as, you, as you get older, uh, some of us never grow up. Uh, you know, we still... We still try and be uh, people that, that we're, we're not. And, uh, and, and even as we, as we mature, we perhaps still have heroes uh, that we look to and, uh, and, and try and uh, imitate. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure you've got uh, your people that, that you look up to and, uh, and, and maybe read their books and uh, maybe even try and in some ways, model our lives on these people. And it would seem to me, uh, as we ask the question, who do we model our lives on? Paul is saying, you know, how we li- you know how we lived among you for your sake. <clears throat> and in the NIV, it talks about you became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of se- severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given you by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Asia. And so... You became imitators of us and the Lord. And when I asked you, you know, do you ever imitate anybody? Uh, the reality is we do, and sometimes uh, we do it without realising. Um, most of you know a couple of weeks ago I went to visit Ashley in, uh, in America, who's now working in, a, in an American church, and of course surrounded by American people all the time. And uh, I noticed something strange. Uh, sometimes when, when Ashley was with these American people in the church, it suddenly start talking in what to me sounded a little bit like an American accent. <laughs> and at first I thought, he's putting it on. And then I realised he wasn't putting it on, but he was, he was picking up. And of course, this is what happens, isn't it? Uh, when we're surrounded by people without realising it, we do start to mimic and imitate people without even realising that we're doing it. Uh, my children grew up in Burnley. And, uh, and therefore, you know, had quite a strong Burnley accent. They went to school as little girls in Burnley. And when we moved to Stockport, <coughs> they did get the mickey out of them because, you know, they say things like, no, they seem to go on for ages. And they had these phrases. Uh, but they, they, they quickly adapted. They, they, they suddenly realized that this isn't how people spoke in Stockport, that they spoke a little bit more eloquently. And it was interesting to see how quickly they changed because you do start to mimic people around you. And of course, <clears throat> it happens in church life as well. Uh, you've already seen the check shirts that are appearing. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but, you know, when, when we go to the prayer meetings and we hear other people pray, that's actually how we learn to pray. And sometimes when you hear people pray, uh, you, you, you discover something about their background. You know, if they've, if they've been brought up in a, in a Pentecostal church, you know, the, the likelihood is that, that their prayers will be quite exuberant and, and, and quite, they can get quite excited. excited. If, if you've been brought up in, in a quiet tradition, your prayers might be quieter. Because we tend to actually 
uh, imitate people. And that's one of the ways that we learn. It's one of the ways children learn. How do children learn to speak? They learn to speak by hearing their parents speak, by hearing the teachers speak, by hearing other children speak, and they pick up words and they repeat them. That's how, that's how it is. And Paul is saying, this is how it should be in the life of the church, that, that he puts himself up and says, you know, you are to imitate me as I imitate the Lord. And so, we actually want uh, good role models in our lives. And sometimes, <clears throat> as I'm, as I'm travelling around, I listen to a radio station called Talk Sports, uh, where you'd be surprised to learn that they talk about sports. And every now and again, they'll have the conversation about role models, especially when sports stars go wrong, like they have done in recent weeks with Rain Rooney and the cricketer. And they'll say, you know, are these good role models? Uh, and very often the sports people come back and say, well, we don't want to be role models. We just want to play football or cricket. We don't want to be role models. But you actually don't get to choose whether or not you are a role model. And believe it or not, <clears throat> you and I are role models. Whether we like it or not, the fact that we profess to be followers of Jesus means that people will look at us. And they might even try and intimidate... Uh, intimidate in, they might even try and imitate. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> they might even try and imitate us. They might even try and copy us. They might even look at us and say, you know, I want to be like Graham Long with his puppets. That's what I want to be like. Or the, I, I want to be like uh, Gary when he, when he prays those fantastic prayers. You know, and, and people will say, this is who I want to be like. And this is what Paul says, this is how it should be. We are to imitate you. He says... He says it in other places, I urge you to imitate me. And we might think to ourselves, well, I don't want people to imitate me because I'm not that good. But the reality is people will, especially if we, if we take any, any position of leadership or, or, or speak out. People will look to us and imitate us. And of course, this goes on in the world all the time. You can guess what these people are doing. Anybody has a guess? They've all entered, a, not a Richard Boob lookalike, they've all entered an Elvis Presley. Can you believe people are still imitating Elvis Presley all these years? They're still having competitions. And of course they try and sing like him, they try and dress like him, they try and dance like him. Because that's what people do. They imitate people that they look up to. And uh, Paul says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Of course, Paul, like I was saying to the children, we don't really want people, Paul didn't really want people to be like him, and I don't really want people to be like me, but we do want to model a life that looks like Jesus. And uh, that's what we're called to do. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Be imitators of me, Paul says, just as I also am of Christ. Uh, so, Max Lucado in his book, Just Like Jesus, says, God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. I don't know, but I like that. This is what God wants us to be. He wants us to be just like Jesus. That's our, that's our aim. That's what we're trying to do as we meet together week by week to become more Christ-like in the way that we live, in the way that we act, in the way that we are. So who do we model our lives on? Well, the reality is we do model our lives on other people. But ultimately, we're trying to model our lives on Jesus Christ. We're trying to become Christ-like. So that's the first question. 
From the very beginning, God decided that those who came to him and he knew who would, should become like his son. That's what God wants us to do, to become like his son. Rick Warren says, Discipleship is the process of helping people become more like Christ in their thoughts, feelings, and actions. The process begins when a person is born again and continues throughout the rest of their lives. It's important to remember that this is a process that starts when we become a Christian, but continues throughout our lives. It's a continual thing that we are aiming to become more like Christ. So who do we model our lives on? We're trying to model our lives on Jesus Christ. Secondly, if we try to model our lives on Jesus Christ, what sort of life do we model? What sort of life do we actually model? Well, Paul says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with joy given to you by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all believers. Paul, if you like, is, is, uh, is trying to commend the, 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 the people in the church because they have become a model to other believers. So what sort of model uh, are we going to become? If we're going to become like Jesus, what's it going to look like? How's it going to be? You know? Actually, it doesn't mean this. You'll be pleased to know. It's not, uh, remember, guys, it's not what would Jesus wear. The question that people used to wear on those little armbands, you don't see them anymore. Uh, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? We're trying to live a life that looks like Jesus Christ. What sort of life do we model? What sort of life do we model? Well, First of all, let's say it isn't going to be a perfect life. Even though Jesus says, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, the reality is it's an ongoing process. And we might even say it's far from perfect. But that's the reality. The life that we model shouldn't be something that's not real. Jesus in, in the Gospels was, was quite critical of the teachers of the Pharisees. Um, and, and one of the things he used to call them was hypocrites. And of course, a hypocrite is someone who wants others to see them as holy than they are. To achieve this goal, they hide what really is going on in their lives. In other words, they put on a mask and pretend to be something that they are not. And there is a danger in church that we actually do that. Because we want to model Jesus and we know that Jesus is perfect and that Jesus was without sin, and that Jesus got everything right, that Jesus was able to heal every disease, and he was able to do wonderful things. There's a sense in which we want to be like Jesus, and we're not, and the danger is that we can end up pretending that we're something that we're not. So when we come to church, we can, we can have this air of, you know, I've got my life all together because I'm following Jesus, and Jesus has fixed all my problems and everything's okay, when in reality it might not be. But we might come to church thinking, well, this is what is expected of us. So this is the, the mask that I will put on when I come into the church and I'll pretend. So when somebody comes up to you and says, you know, how are you? You'll say, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? And you'll want people to think that everything's okay. That's not being like Jesus. That's not what Jesus wants us to be. He wants us to be who we are and he wants us to be real and honest. And when life isn't going as, as we'd like it to do... 
He wants us to be able to be able to, to live in that life and be a follower of Jesus in that situation without having to pretend that it's something else. So, what sort of life do we model? Well, again, Rick Warren says, becoming like Christ is a long, slow process of growth. And for some people, it is a real long, slow process of growth. It's something that doesn't happen overnight. When we become a Christian, we aren't changed instantly into little Jesuses. We're not given the, 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 the check shirt, if you like, and suddenly become uh, Jesus Christ. It is a process. A process that takes an awful long time. And uh, people are at different stages. And the only thing that matters is that we are still becoming more like Jesus, that we don't actually stop in that process. The danger is, is that we reach a certain place or a certain point and we actually stop becoming more like Jesus. You know, if, you're a, if you have a kind of grumpy nature, uh, which sometimes as we get older, there's a kind of grumpiness that, that creeps in, um, you know, if Jesus is continually transforming us, making us more like Christ, uh, we should actually be becoming more like Christ as we get older and not less like Christ. And it's a real challenge, isn't it? It is a real challenge. Because, you know, uh, children grow faster in, in younger age and they kind of, you know, as, our, as human beings, we kind of deteriorate as, as we get older. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm discovering that as, as my knees are kind of, giving way as I'm trying to play badminton on a Thursday night and I'm finding out that all those years playing football is catching up on me and my knees can't do, you know, as, 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 as human beings, our bodies are deteriorating. But as, as Christians, we ought to actually be developing and growing even more like Jesus. And it's a real challenge to, to just simply ask ourselves the question, you know, am I more like Jesus today than I was whenever I first became a Christian? Am I more enthusiastic about my faith today than I was when I first became a Christian? Am I more alive in Christ today than I was when I first became a Christian? It's a real challenge. It's a slow process, a long process, but it's a continual process. So how, how to be like Jesus? How can we become more like Jesus? What can we do to become more like Jesus? Well, again, Paul says, you know, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Um, when we read the Bible, we find out we find out what Jesus was like. We find out how, what his attitude was to certain things. You know that idea. What would Jesus do? Is a good question to ask in any situation. What would Jesus do in this situation? Maybe that's what I should do. God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. He wants us to grow up like Christ. You know, sometimes you want to say to people when they're not acting like Christ. Basically, what we want to say to them, isn't it, is grow up. You know, stop acting like you're acting. Grow up. You know, be the person God wants you to be. We don't always, sometimes we say it in a bit of a nicer, politer way. Uh, but basically what sometimes we want to say to people is grow up. Don't be so uh, grumpy. Don't be so argumentative. Don't be so, you know, be more like Jesus in this situation. Grow up like Christ in everything. So what sort of life do we model? Well, Jesus modeled a life of love. He came to tell the world that God was a God of love. He said that God is love. And so if we're going to model a life of Christ, then we've got to be a people that are demonstrating the same love that Jesus demonstrated. This is what Jesus said in John's Gospel. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. In other words, you do what I do. Love people in the way that I love 
You must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. How will people know that we are little Jesuses? Because we love in the same way that Jesus loved. Pray like Jesus. And I'm not just talking about the Lord's Prayer. He gave us the Lord's Prayer as a model. But if we look at Jesus, uh, he needed to pray before he went out and ministered, before he went out to the crowds, before he did anything. Very often it says, this is just one example from Mark, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and, and went out to an isolated place to pray. Jesus continually and constantly prayed before he did anything else. And so we should pray like Jesus. We should make prayer a, a huge part of, of what we do together and individually. Uh, talk like Jesus. You know, um, we've got to be Christ-like. Uh, the way that we talk, we talked before, didn't we, about how people pick up language and, and accents and what have you. We need to, to talk with an accent that sounds like Jesus. When we talk to people, does it sound like the sort of thing that Jesus would say? You know, when somebody's rude to somebody else, uh, that would seem to me not how Jesus spoke to people. Um, Jesus seemed to always speak out of love out of compassion, out of grace. And you and I have got to speak like that to people. When, we, when people bump into us, when people upset us, and, uh, and we act, just pause for a moment and think, did, did what I say really sound like something Jesus would have said when I've just called somebody a stupid idiot because they've cut me up at the lights? Is that the sort of thing that Jesus would have done? I was reading a book where somebody had a, a little, a bit of a silly thought, you know. Uh, you know, Jesus had, had brothers and, and, and sisters. Uh, and, and he was pondering whether, whether Jesus' mother, Mary, was always saying, uh, you're just not as good as Jesus. <laughs> you know, why can't you be more like your big brother, Jesus? And whether that was going on in, in the family. And of course, they didn't stand a chance, did they? Uh, and the sense in which you and I don't stand a chance of actually being completely like Jesus, but doesn't stop us from attempting and trying to be like Jesus. We've got to be Christ-like in the way that we talk. In other words, we've got to try and live like Jesus lived. We've got to try and live like Jesus lived. We've got to demonstrate that life. Um, Jesus didn't have very much, and yet he seemed to give all the time to people. He seemed to, he seemed to meet people's needs. He seemed to engage with people. People wanted to be with him. Crowds flocked to him. Um, and we need to kind of try and live a life that looks something like Jesus. This is what uh, Tom Wright says. He says, the kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was all about glorious, uproarious, absurd generosity. Think of the best thing you can do for the worst person and go ahead and do it. Think of people to whom you are tempted to be nasty and lavish generosity on them. Instead, you are to be like this because that is what God is like. God doesn't wake up grumpy. God doesn't wake up miserable. God doesn't whinge and moan um, about all the things that are happening in the world. Not that there's anything wrong with whinging and moaning. There's a place for that. Uh, the Bible's full of a book called Psalms where people do whinge and moan. But, uh, but God is a generous God. God is a God who, who, who wants the best for people. So what sort of life do we model? Well, it's, it's an imperfect life, but it should be a life that, that shows something of the nature and person of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, and finally, and perhaps the most difficult question, does anybody want the life that we model? Does anybody actually want the life that we model? And you might be sat there thinking, well, Richard, I don't really want my life, let alone the life that you're talking about. 
Um, but the reality is, if, if we're not modelling a life that people want, why would people think that following Jesus is, is, is of any worth or value? If, if, if they look at our lives and they don't see anything different about us, they don't see... And I said, I said before, you know, we are role models because once people find out you are a Christian, whether you like it or not, people are watching you. How does so-and-so react when something happens at work? How do they react in that situation when something goes wrong? How do they react in a situation when relationships break down? How do they re- react when somebody becomes ill? How do they, they? And people are watching you, whether you like it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. They're seeing how you react. And there's a sense in which if we're following Jesus and, 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 and that's the best thing to do and that's the God thing to do, then actually people should be looking at us thinking, actually, they've got something that I want. That's how I became a Christian. I could, I could see that these Christians had something that I didn't have. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't explain it. But I, I could see that they had something that I had. They had a joy even in suffering. They had, they had something that, that I actually thought, I want that. I didn't know how to, to, to verbalize it, but I, I could see anything. So does anybody want our life? And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and uh, Asia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in, in Macedonia and Asia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. These people became known everywhere because of their faith in God, and it would seem that that was a, a good and, and positive thing. So the question is, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall, do you see Christ in me at all? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Do you see Christ in me at all? You know, when you wake up in the morning and you go and look in the mirror and you think, gosh, haven't I aged? When did, when did my hair kind of fall out? When did it become so grey? When you've got over that kind of first initial shock that the person in the mirror is you and is looking back at you, um, is there anything of Christ in us? Is there anything of Christ in us? Max Lucado in his book, I want to finish with this. Um, and it's a, a real challenge because he says this, he says, he says, what if one day Jesus were to become you? What if for 24 hours Jesus wakes up in your bed, walks in your shoes, lives in your house, assumes your schedules? What if one day and one night Jesus lives your life but with his heart? What if his priorities govern your actions? What if his passions govern your decisions? What if his love directs your behavior? What would you be like? Would people notice a change? Your family, your friends, would they see something new? The people you work with, would they sense a difference? And you, how would you feel about yourself? What alterations would this transplant have on your stress levels, your mood swings, your temper? Would you sleep better? Just keep working on this for a moment. Adjust the lens of your imagination until you have a clear picture of Jesus leading your life. Then snap the shutter and frame the image because what you see is what God wants for you. You see, God wants for you to be just like Jesus. God loves you the way you are, 
but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. As we kind of ponder on that thought and think about the implications, we're going to use a song 